no greater glimpse of God than the Bible right in front of you in the pews. Quite a concept. No greater glimpse of God than to be found in his word. And that's why Jesus said, Luke 21, 33, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away until that last day comes. The message is entitled Shechem, the voice and the presence of God. Who or what is Shechem? Is it a person? No. It is a city, Shechem. If you go a few miles north of Jerusalem, there are the remains of an ancient city nestled between two mountains. To get to that city, you take a bus ride, you head out of Jerusalem up into the hill country of Samaria. The road is built over an ancient trade route. It is now called the Way of the Oaks because oak trees line the edges of that highway. After you have gone some 30 miles, there are two mountains that appear on your left-hand side. Mount Ebal is in the north. Mount Gerizim is in the south. There's a road that goes between the two great mountains. And that road takes you directly to the Mediterranean Sea. Thousands of years ago, two, three, four thousand years ago, it was the greatest of the trade routes to be found on this earth. Because whether it was by land or by sea, the Mediterranean Sea was everything to the people at that time. Since it was such a great trade route, they decided to build a city there. And the city's name was Shechem. The city's name was Shechem. Next to Jerusalem, it is the greatest city to be mentioned in the Old Testament. Antioch is known as the great Gentile church. But Shechem was known as the holy city of the Gentiles even as Jerusalem was a holy city of the Israelites. Famous city in the Old Testament first pops up in Genesis 12. It is at Shechem that God spoke to Abraham. God speaks to Abraham there in Haran. He says, you know, leave your father's inheritance and follow me. And he said, where are we going? And God said, doesn't matter where we're going, just matters that I'm the tour director. And Abraham said, that's good enough for me. And he packs up everything and he goes and follows God. And the first place that God stops is by the great tree of Moray. And that great tree was found in the city of Shechem. And as soon as he arrived in Shechem, Abraham says, this is a holy place. And the first thing he does is he gets stones and he gets wood and he builds an altar to God. And he says, this place shall always be a reminder to myself and all of the future of my people that God himself has made the promise to be with me. And God himself has said, if you have faith in me, you will see and do things that are impossible. Let this altar here at Shechem be the foundation of the faith of my people, may it be the place where they see God. I cannot help when I read that to think about Moses 
when he's in the wilderness and the bush is on fire and it's not consumed, and God says, take off your sandals, this is holy ground. Abraham did not take off his sandals, but he realized as deeply as did Moses that this was holy ground. And the first thing he does is to build that altar to God. It's quite some years later, it is now Genesis 33, and the grandson of Abraham, his name is Jacob, he stops on his way to rededicate himself to God. And the place that he stops is where his grandpa built that altar. He stops at Shechem. His wife had stolen, his dear wife Rachel had stolen idols from those around them. It meant that she was worshiping idols. And she didn't want her husband Jacob to know that she is worshiping idols. And when Jacob begins his investigation, he finds out that many in his family have turned away from Jehovah and they are worshiping idols. And when he finds the idols, he says to his wife Rachel and to his family, we must cleanse ourselves. And they said, where shall we go to cleanse ourselves? And without hesitation, Jacob says, we will go to Shechem and we will stand before the altar my grandfather Abraham built and we shall cleanse ourselves there and we shall rededicate ourselves to God. And they gather up all the idols and they go to Shechem. They dig a huge pit in front of the altar. They bury all the idols. They cover them with dirt. And then the family kneels on top of the dirt where the idols are and they lift up their hands to Jehovah and they rededicate themselves to Him. The Bible always says there has to be a confession. Confession of sins. We do it every Sunday morning. And when the confession of sins is uttered in truth and purity, then God comes and He does the cleansing. You don't have to go to Shechem. You can sit right here. You don't have to sit here. You can be any place at any time. And you say, God, I just messed up. Forgive me. And he does instantly. And when uh, the confession had been made, and when the idols had been buried, not only were the idols buried, but their old way of doing things was buried. And uh, Jacob said, from this day forward, as children of Jehovah Elohim, we shall follow him, we shall serve him, and we shall worship him. The Apostle Paul caught hold of the theme, 2 Corinthians 5, 10. Christ died for all so that those who live should no longer live in their old ways but they shall take up his new ways. Seven verses later, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If any man has been invaded by Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away, the new has come. What's the old way? It's different from each of us. The old way might well be you turn on the television, you see yet a more horrific event that has just taken place, in this country, and all of a sudden you crawl into the fetal position and you are overcome with fear that is almost paralyzing. 
You won't go anywhere. You won't go to the grocery store. That's not safe. You won't go to the school. That's not safe. You won't come to church. That's not safe. Your old way is to be overwhelmed by fear. And Satan is sitting down there applauding. The new way is to listen to the violence that exists. And then you say, God is God. God is God. Is He more powerful than evil? 1 John 4, 4, the one in you is stronger than the one in the world. This is a victory that overcomes our fears, even our faith that God exists, that His Son is real. His power is for us. The old way of doing things was to get revenge. The old way of doing things when your neighbor upsets you, how am I going to get back at him? Your old way of doing things was when something went wrong, you opened your mouth and didn't stop your tongue until it was too late. The old way has passed. The new has come. Your old way was looking at the paycheck and saying, it's mine. Especially with inflation, it's even more mine. The new way of doing things is say, God still gets a part. He still gets a portion. Your old way was not act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Well, that's what you do now. You act justly, you love mercy, you walk humbly with your God. 700 years later, it is not Abraham, it is not Jacob, it is Moses. The Red Sea has happened, 40 years in the wilderness has happened, and when they come out of the wilderness, he is at Mount Ebal, nigh under Shechem. And he builds an altar there. Just like Abraham had, just like Jacob had, he builds an altar there. So they could worship this God in this locale where Abraham had been, where Jacob had been, and now it is Moses there. It's a sacred place in Israelite history. Moses dies. Joshua becomes the leader of the nation. He leads them across to the Jordan River. There is a giant city of Jericho. It's as big as the Red Sea. How shall they get to the Promised Land when Jericho stands in front of them? The walls 28 feet high and 12 feet thick. Impregnable city. How shall they get to the Promised Land if a Jericho stands there? You know the story, Joshua 6. They walk six days, one time around the city. And on the seventh day, they walk around the, the walls of Jericho seven times. And as they finish their seventh route, the people play the trumpets, the priests play the trumpets. And the people shout, and the Bible doesn't say what they shouted, just says the people shouted. And the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. Where does Joshua go? Shechem. Where does Joshua go? Shechem. He goes to Shechem, Mount Gerizim. And what does he do there? He builds another altar to God. Like Abraham and Jacob and Moses had done, he builds an altar to God. Shechem was the place where the words of God were affirmed by the people of God. Abraham, Jacob, uh, 
Moses, they'd all preach sermons there. The Trinity is Shechem. Pastor Sauer and I are now the ministers blessed to proclaim His Word. The teachers in our school, the principal, the youth director, small group minister, the choirs, we are the ones at Shechem that share the Word with God's people. At Shechem, one of the greatest speeches in the Bible is to be found, Joshua 24. He does what Pastor Shower and I do every week. Joshua told them everything. It was a long, long sermon. You'd be happy he's not preaching here this morning. It was a long, long sermon. And he goes through the entire history of the Israelites. Especially the Red Sea, especially the 40 years in the wilderness. He goes through everything. And when he sees the people dozing off, then he stops. And he says to them, You must follow this God so powerful and so loving. But even if not a single one of you does that, not a, if not a single one of the million of you does that, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Where was the speech? Lincoln's speech was at Gettysburg. Where was this speech? It was at Shechem. Shechem. You have special places in your life. Geographical locations. Because when you arrive at those special places, there's a peace that comes upon you. Because of the memories of things past. Blessed events that touched your lives and the lives of those special to you by blood or friendship. It may be a town. Maybe a village. Maybe a campground that you and your family have gone to for decades. As the years rolled by and as the events occurred in your family, the baptisms, the weddings, the funerals, there was always one place that you went to. Every summer, things changed, sometimes small, sometimes large. Every summer, things changed. One less face there, because now they were in heaven. One less face there, because now they had moved down to Dallas, Texas, and couldn't come back. There were places for you. State parks, national parks, grandma's house. There were places that in the secular realm were your Shechem. For us, during the winter, once a week, out to Arizona with the dearest of friends, Something we always look forward to is our Shechem. And when Connie and I went there a month ago for the wedding, we revisited some of those places because they bring peace and memories strongly back to us. You have your Shechem. Sometimes when people scatter ashes of loved ones, It'll be at the place where Shechem was for them. This church has stood for 164 years come October. This church, I say it humbly, 
This church is Shechem. If you're visiting, you have your church back home, wherever it might be. That church is your Shechem. Three years ago, when we started the Fast Forward campaign, we had groups of people together. 120 different people on different nights. And when the question was asked by Rusty Lewis, why is Trinity so important to you? It was like 90% of the people said, well, my babies were baptized there. Why my son or my daughter was married there. Why my grandchild was confirmed there, just like I was 60 years earlier. Why the funeral service for my dad, dad was there, and six months later for my mom. I was astonished when I listened to people speak at how much this place meant to them. I was astonished at how this place was like Shechem. And every Sunday morning, you are here. And Pastor Shower delivers a message, or I deliver a message. And what do we do? We, did, we do what Abraham did, and Jacob and Moses did. We revisit the history of God and His people. And like the video said about the Bible, we bring forth to you the need to confess sins and failures and shortcomings to be cleansed by the blood of Christ, and to walk out of here, not just by yourself, but hand in hand with the God of Shechem, who goes with you always. Shechem. There was a gentleman here six weeks ago, I had not seen him in 15 years. And I kind of recognize his face. He said, hi, pastor. I said, I recognize your face. Tell me your name again. And so he did. I said, I am delighted to see you back. He said to me, I'm slightly embarrassed to be back. I said, tell me why. He said, I have been so far away from God the last 15 years. And then my mom got ill. And a week later, my wife got ill. And a week later, my 18-year-old son got ill. And I am back because of their illnesses. Then he said to me, you think God is offended that I've been away from him all these years? And now I come back because of their illness. Do you think God is offended? And I said, I think it's God's happiest moment that when these things happen, the first thing you thought about was God. Because the roots were there. The first thing you thought about was not a friend or a therapist or medication. The first thing you thought about was God. And you've come back. As I was working on this sermon on Shechem, I could not help but think about that story. 
in the time of great need, where does He come to succumb? To this church, where He was baptized and confirmed and married. This church. There was a gal who went through our school yesterday with her children and her spouse. She's been away for a long, long time. Her son was asking her questions about God a couple of weeks ago. And she was embarrassed that her son was asking her questions about God. She wasn't telling her child about God. Her child was telling her about God. And she said, oh my goodness gracious. Oh my goodness gracious. And God closed the door to the school where they had been going. And she was visiting here and her two children going to be in that school next year. Why? Because of Shechem. This is where she grew up. This is where she was raised. This is where. And Shechem has come. You come here for times of joy. The weddings, the baptisms. You disappear for 12 years. The babies are born. Where do you come? (laughs) You come back to Shechem. And when the great storms of life come, as they did for Jacob, where do you come? You come here, Shechem. The greatest Shechem of all is that video. The greatest Shechem of all is this. I've told you before that uh, my grandpa, great-great-grandpa, was a minister. Little notes were found in 1859. He's preaching at a wedding. The text is in there. The text that he used. A month later, he's preaching at a funeral. The text that he uses was in his little notes. Guess what? It's the same text that his great 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 grandson uses at weddings, it's the same text he uses at funerals. There's Shechem. You look at a verse, it means nothing to, to you. You look at it when some circumstances happen in your life, and it means everything, right? You sing a hymn, it means nothing to you. You sing a hymn when the circumstances happen in your life, and it means everything to you. How great thou art, that's Shechem. Amazing grace, that's Shechem. John 14, I go to prepare a place for you, that's Shechem. 23rd Psalm, that's Shechem. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Pastor Erbach, uh, John's pastor out in South Dakota 18 years ago, on his vicarage before he became ill, he's here in town for a visit for a couple of days. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. And I said to him how funny it is. 
you were only in our life for about three months. And you and your wife have come to mean everything. For me, you are Shechem. When I see your faces on a Sunday morning, or when I see your faces in the hospital, or when I see your faces when a wedding's going on, you're my Shechem. Pastor Erbach was at his church for 38 years. I'm about four behind him. I said, when you retired, how difficult was it? He said, yeah, almost impossible. He's now their visitation pastor. He said that the congregation becomes your family. If they've tolerated you that long, <laughs> you've, you've got connections with them. And I think you are that for each other, are you not? You pop your heads on in here at 8 o'clock or 9.30 and 11. You've got a group of people you always say hi to. I think you know what I'm talking about. God places people in our lives to be our Shechem. Our peace. The word of reproach when that is needed. The word of forgiveness when that is needed. And the word of reconciliation, peace, and joy when that is needed. When you leave Shechem this day, remember who goes with you out into the parking lot. You take Shechem with you and you use it in whatever circumstance God places in front of you. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. In our Savior's name, amen. Heavenly Father, the word has been spoken. May your spirit take the word and bring it into people's minds and hearts, whether they're here, whether they're listening online. Take the word, Holy Spirit, and make it come alive in the lives of me and of your people in our Savior's name. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.